This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Zipcar. Zipcar is the largest car sharing network around. And if you go to joinzipcar.com slash thumbs, you can get $25 in free driving credit. That's joinzipcar.com slash thumbs. You made a sound about a minute ago that sounded like the guy, Andy, like dying after getting kicked out of the club. Andy. Like, Andy, what are you what are you talking about? Oh, Andy! Oh, Andy! <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. Oh yeah, maybe he was just sick. You guys, ready for a podcast? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. What? 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 Oh, we're ready. It's April twenty seventh. 2017 and this is important if true <laughs> wow from idle thumbs i am chris remo i'm nick brecken <laughs> and i'm jake rodkin oh hey hey everyone hi nick hey. you sound very sick i am <laughs> hi oh hey. hey by the way chris yeah i uh i took some nyquil last night uh-huh and ah, um, ah, ah yes uh, ah, ah. yeah i uh, i was falling asleep yeah Suddenly, God, jol- bad. suddenly jolted awake. Uh-huh. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It's real. It happened. And you know what I figured out? It's what? It's the it's the sort of, like, cough suppressant. It's a, it's a suppressed cough is what that sound is. I think is. you're right. It's I the sound right. of a cough that cannot actually escape your throat. Yeah. You know, it's that, like... <clears throat> yeah. You know, but, it, but, but, but sort of, like... You're falling asleep, and so you're you're jolted yeah. in the Goldblum way, uh-huh. and so it's 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 the combination of those factors. The suppressed cough plus the surprise it, that you fell asleep in our way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. So we're yeah. we're we're figuring out how we can reverse engineer and create our own Jeff Goldblum <laughs> by making a human being who is sick and tired by, all the time, but also heavily over, medicated by abusing over-the-counter drugs. Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a combination of that and a like sort of vocalization of a, of awareness, mm. of sort of um, consciousness. Right. You know, at least I felt that when it was happening <laughs> so to me. When, when I, you when 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 we humans finally create life for the first time, <laughs> when it expresses its aware its awareness of consciousness, it'll go. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Huh. The sounds of sentience. The yeah. The out of the primordial ooze. <laughs> Emerged Climb. life. Yeah. No, I think you're onto something, Nick. Yeah. I was on the news this week. I was vaguely aware of this. Yeah. Yeah. I. It was. It was 4:20. It was April <laughs> nice. 20th. It was 4:20. We're recording this in advance. And I walked out of my apartment I, in San Francisco. I live in the Hate Ashbury district, which is like the sort of historical ground zero for hippie culture and the summer of love. Yeah. And uh, it isn't, I mean, obviously that is a bygone era, but I don't think tourists are aware of that. Uh, well, it also still borders on the on the eastern edge of Golden Gate Park, yes. which is a big bunch of hills and paths and... The fact that the Haight-Ashbury borders on Golden Gate Park probably helped in it getting its reputation at the time, but it has also helped it be the place where if you're a young person 
likes smoking a lot of weed every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a so, place yeah. to do that that is right next to the Haight-Ashbury. There were so many teens in my neighborhood on 420. It was outrageous. I have... I forget that like teens exist most of the time because you live in San Francisco. I live in San Francisco, <laughs> and they're just—I'm I, sure they're there, but I don't. Right. I, mean, I never encounter them. Like I don't. There aren't. I don't. There aren't like. I mean, we have indoor malls, right? We have like sort of teens don't go but to we those don't, anymore. Yeah, exactly. and well, yeah, I don't know what teens do. I just mean like they're snapchatting no, and smoking <laughs> weed in the park. <laughs> I assume teens go somewhere, uh, but I, the, wherever it is, there aren't places that I encounter and i also think there just aren't as many of them in this city so i just forget teens are real uh but then but uh there were many many teens in my neighborhood on 420 and they were very excited that it was 420 except that because they're teens they also like can't be too excited Mm. so they have all their like stupid shirts with weed slogans and stuff on them but they're like definitely trying to be as low-key and cool as possible right Um, like yeah i know it's 420 nbd uh that's probably lame that's probably a lame abbreviation now. Yeah, probably no, they would just they would just say it yeah. while having a shitty meme smoking weed. They on They would the just shirt. say NBDAF, and uh, they would not say that. So I walk out of my. So what what what, <laughs> what, what persona of yours was on the news here? Uh, given oh, the thread uh, of this current conversation. Yeah, yeah, you'll be shocked to, to discover. So I walk out of my apartment and um, and like literally a second after leaving the you know door of my apartment building. Um, there's a, a reporter with a camera and a microphone in my face and like, oh, do you live here? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I live I live right here. She's like, you live here, like right here? So I'm you're like, high yep. as fuck right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and she was like, oh, what do you think about, what do you think about the 420 festival? Like every, every year, like right in the middle of my neighborhood and Golden Gate Park, there is like a huge, just like, just it just turns into weed town for for a day basically the mayor declares it that actually anyway so she's like oh what do you think about this and i'm like oh you know like i'm totally in favor of like pot legalization and like i think it's great that they have sponsors now and like i hope that they i hope that that's like helpful because you know usually it's like really they there's just like a lot of trash and it's like people don't pick up after themselves. Thanks. I got everything I need. Yeah. Thanks. Got it. Got it. And Perfect. The, the entire, the entire, we probably talked for like three minutes, the entire clip on the internet, it just comes in and I'm just like, yeah, they just don't really clean up after themselves. And, <laughs> and then you like tripped over three shoehorns. It was like, <laughs> it was a disaster. Yeah, it was, I should have, I mean, I should have known. I should have, yeah. uh, should have been prepared. So I fully, I was, bro- I was broadcast to local television, fully inhabiting the like old man cartoon that I apparently am increasingly uh, embodying by way of this podcast, and I guess the rest of my life. Your entire media presence is you're on brand. It's just yeah, not the brand yeah, you well want. Done. <laughs> it's fine. I don't give a shit. The other thing that comes along with the, your old man persona is not giving a shit about your persona. This, yeah, this is like the like the most specifically shaming monkey's paw where you're like, I want to be famous. And then the finger on the monkey's paw curls up. It's like, you'll be famous, but everyone will think you're an old man. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I care about that, yeah, but I guess that's, that's a curse fine. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was my brush with fame this week nice. on like KTVU two. I hope you Bay now Area become news. like increasingly a go to talking like man on the street persona <laughs> where like right. if all the local <clears throat> sort of just you know beat reporters for broadcast TV are like oh let's even get Rainbow he's always offers some good color <laughs> like if we you can just you know we found this guy and he doesn't really look that old but he's like he's trust like, me he's, he's like super, super old. old it's really good he'll say he'll, <laughs> 
anytime you need a soundbite for local curmudgeon, just hit this guy up. <laughs> he always, he loves talking to us. I think he wants to be famous or something. <laughs> Yeah, San Francisco doesn't really have teens or old people. It just has like ambiguous <laughs> 20 and 30 somethings. But we still need to get that like whole demographic range of perspectives, you know, so yeah. they just got to be more creative. Yeah, did and they I'm like snap a Polaroid of you and add it into like a journal that they keep around? <laughs> <laughs> no. So that was my, that was my 420. Nice. Yeah. Sick. Yep. Yeah. Smoke weed every day. So with that out of the way, um, <laughs> we have an email. From Davy Reedon. Yeah. Yeah. The creator of the Stanley Parable, actually. And he writes, he's writing in about the Disney film Aladdin. That was what, like 1993 or something? Yes. He mm-hmm. says, early in Aladdin, after the genie is released from the lamp, Aladdin tricks him into freeing them from the Cave of Wonders by musing that the genie probably isn't even powerful enough to get them out of the cave. This leads the genie to burst them out of the cave to safety, only to realize shortly afterward that Aladdin hadn't actually wished them to be freed from the cave. And so basically Aladdin had essentially gotten a free wish. This opens up a whole line of questioning about the nature of the genie's powers. Later in the film, when Aladdin is tied up and thrown into the ocean, the genie says he can't save him unless Aladdin wishes for it and thus uses one of his wishes. So which is it? Why can the genie save Aladdin just for the funsies at first, but can't do it once Aladdin's life is in significantly greater danger? There are plenty of other inconsistencies throughout the film, such as during the song Prince Ali when the genie grants Aladdin the superhuman strength to lift ten men into the air, despite strength playing no role in Aladdin's original wish. Who exactly is the genie beholden to in determining what magic costs witches and what doesn't? It also occurs to me that if the genie could just do cool things for his masters whenever he's tricked into it, and if he ultimately wants to be free, surely he could incentivize his masters to free him by granting them loads of free wishes in exchange for using their last wish to free him. Surely after 10,000 years, you'd stumble onto this logic eventually. This has been weighing on me, and I'd love to get some answers. You know, I remember watching the, the TV show. There was a TV show? Yeah, which is weird. It was a Disney Afternoon yeah. uh, cartoon. Oh, I watched a lot of that show. And huh. I got to say, the genie was a character, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he was free. But he still could just do whatever he wanted to do. <laughs> like, he was still just like a magical being that could just like right, he could help shoot out lightning bolts out of his fingers yeah. and shit. So why not just immediately grant him freedom? That's what you... Well, because you can't trust the genie. Ah. Uh, right? Yeah, you, but you definitely fucking can't because he has absolutely no... like. When his own pride is hurt, he's willing to like break, oh, yeah. break this apparently like non-binding contract to allow him to grant whatever wishes he wants. But when you're about to die, he's like, "Well, <laughs> only got three wishes, buddy." Yeah, I mean, you gotta wonder like what what like what is actually governing the genie, right? Like, yeah, what I think that I I when I was a kid, I assumed that like those. Um, manacles on his wrists mm. had some kind of magical power that's that's actually i think canon because at the <clears> end <throat> when he's freed they come off of him like yeah. like they are manacles except right. that then in the cartoons and in all the sequels his character design would have been really boring so they just put them back on maybe he just got like plastic decorative ones from a genie like, costume I miss, I miss these <laughs> i miss being enslaved I miss, this yeah, says I miss the genie. this like oh. reminder of my previous oh, no. Like life in above bondage. Of my thousands of years trapped inside of this lamp. They're such a cool <laughs> character detail. I just couldn't let them go. <laughs> They're my iconic look. I wish I had them back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it just feels like the genie in Aladdin is kind of a chump. Like he's the nicest guy. He's he is genuinely, legitimately good genie. <clears throat> and the implication in the film is maybe that that is not always the case because Jafar wishes to be a genie and is a shitty genie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And he's really mad about the like. You know, you're cursed. You can't do anything. I don't remember the dynamic. Does Jafar wish to be a genie? Yeah, that's like that's the big plot twist. Sorry, Aladdin spoilers. Uh, Disney's Aladdin spoilers. Yeah, the big plot twist in that movie, or like not the plot twist, the way that they undo the villain is they talk up how all powerful and amazing the genie is, and that even if Jafar wanted to be the greatest sorcerer in the world, someone with a genie could still basically outdo him with the Mm. magic of a genie. And he Mm. goes, "Oh, I want to be a genie." So he turns into a big smoke-filled beast, and then right at the last second, the two golden manacles snap onto his wrists and it's revealed that he's not going to be allowed out of the lamp until someone rubs the lamp and makes a wish. So do they put it in a fucking concrete block or something? Uh, That's in a lot of They just throw it in the sand. They just throw it in the sand. No one will find this. And sorry, I'm Aladdin Iago until right now. Aladdin. No one will find this. <laughs> That's literally the story of the third Aladdin sequel, which is the d- direct-to-video sequel, The Return of Jafar, where, yeah, someone rubs that lamp. And then Jafar pops Seems out. Seems like they they fucked it by like putting him into a lamp that someone could rub and then not taking like keeping track of it. Yeah, but why don't no. they just smash the lamp? No. Oh. <laughs> That's in Aladdin 5. Yeah. Why didn't they smash the lamp? Aladdin 6, they smashed <laughs> they, the lamp. Aladdin 6, they smashed the lamp. <laughs> why didn't when when Aladdin was drowning, why didn't he just be like you're probably such a shitty genie, you probably couldn't even save me from this ocean? He could start whatever. guilting was, him like your only friend in centuries will die. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Genie. I love and you. You're and gonna you're let gonna me die. die. <laughs> I love you, and you won't get me this car that I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the genie's just like a sad dad. Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> he's just—he's like a sad, what sad single dad. God, Genie, I just yeah. feel so tired today, and the house is so dirty. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you don't even have to do the work. Yeah, you're a genie. Yeah. Just, a genie. just do just, your thing. I mean, everyone thinks you're great. So I think that the reason the genie doesn't do it is because, as I've just determined, he would immediately get into it a codependent, a co- abusive relationship <laughs> yeah. with uh, his master, where it's like, okay, look, if I if I budge an inch, I'm just get, yeah, it's just like I think he, it's safe like, to say I'm you know I'm I I just got I got out of a real bad relationship like eight thousand years ago. I don't want to go through it again. Yeah, I have to be really careful about my personal my boundaries. I've, I've found that. You know, if I get emotionally attached, people can very easily take advantage of that, and I really have to leave myself some me space. Um, I'm the genie. I'm sorry that you're drowning. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're drowning. <laughs> it's, if it means, if it's really that important to you, you'd use your wish, says the genie. As, oh man, yeah, yeah. There you go. If our relationship means anything, if you have any respect for me, that's a wish. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm sorry, buddy. Man, he doesn't. He's not doing himself any favors though by going back to his manacles. Right, but then the, he's also he's like, unless there's a musical number, in which case, all bets are off. We're going <laughs> fucking crazy. I just can't resist. You got muscles, whatever. You're juggling four thousand things. It's all happening. <laughs> that also opens it, up more avenues for open, abuse. Well, it really does. Abuse yeah. and also just, just keep the song going, guys. Keep it going. Keep ba 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 da ba. It's like a sort of. And I'm super powerful. My like, question watching that stuff though was always just like. He while he's doing this, he's creating people for these dance numbers. Who are those people? <laughs> They're like, oh, I've no! brought into being with the complete history of a human life. No, you're immediately just snuffed back in yeah, out of existence I in a puff like, of smoke. I was just like, what are? They? 
There's these dancers and oh, they're gone. Oh no! Oh fuck! I'm back. Ah ah! I bet you're totally incapable of letting me live a whole life <laughs> subject to my own desires. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Shit! Uh, never had a friend like me. <laughs> no, I, ha- I haven't. I still don't. I, I hate, I hate I you. I you. I like a friend like you. I love a friend. Please, please. <laughs> Now they're just stuffed back into that lamp with the huge piles of fruit and camels and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the notion that you can sort of sing like a little romantic song to someone who you have, who you're basically also have been passively just totally abusing in a codependent relationship seems like the sort of like, ah, isn't it romantic quirk that is in the sort of like mid-century comedy films where oh, like yeah. the husband mm. will just like sing the little song that they sang when they went on their honeymoon together and then his wife will just do something for him and it's just actually was played for sort of a cute couple's quirk and now is just like exhausting to yeah. watch in, a, in yeah. a modern movie. Yeah. So you could probably play that trick on the genie as well based on uh, whenever anyone starts singing about anything oh, and he yeah, goes crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Just spin up a little musical number. Yeah, if you want own. muscles yeah. or if you want him to create life from nothing briefly to do your bidding or entertain you, <laughs> just sort of, you know. You just want a raft of homunculi to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to sing your praises. <laughs> Just a little catchy <laughs> tune is all you need. So I feel like he probably knows that he has this problem, and that's why he has to f- put such hard and fast rules on this. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. He- but then once once a wish, once that wish bottle is uncorked, he all of his, like, repressed, you know, mm. like all of his uh, sort of everything that he's been trying to keep under wraps, it just, it all comes out. Okay. Right? I mean, like, that's clearly the case, right? Right. I mean, so he's, if you give him the opportunity... He'll He's be like, incredibly oh, liberal oh my God, I need with this his so dispensation, yeah. but then he goes, oh, Jesus, and that sort of like yeah, it all goes packs back it up and feels thing. bad yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's probably that's, it. That's pretty bleak. I think we've nailed it. And his initial, his initial um, weakness, that was like, he was so desperate to just get a wish. He lo- Right? I mean, like, yeah. he gets those sweet dopamine hits whenever he starts just like fucking yeah, magicing humans into existence for I feel a like moment he, like all that shit he just realized goes right to his brain he, he realized that the that the cycle was beginning again like immediately his first encounter with this new person in his new relationship he went god yeah he, and, he was like oh god and then he just tamped it down man and I then thought, it's been about sort of establishing rules and eventually like it becoming a very healthy relationship i'm pretty sure that's that, the, that the really, real message of aladdin well yeah i guess that tracks though because the first thing aladdin does is like trick he just knowingly him. trick yeah. him, right? Yeah. I and mean, he does. Yeah. And he knows what That's he's true. doing, as I recall. Yeah. Um, That's because he's just a lovable scamp. Yeah. Man. All right. I think we've I think we've hashed that out. I think that's how it works. Case closed. Yeah. There's a live the action boundaries. adaptation of you know, Disney's been doing these live action adaptations of their movies recently. Like they did like the Broadway, Jungle Book. Broadway. No. Oh, like, you mean the movies? Cinematic adaptation. Yeah, yeah, like they yeah. did the Jungle Book. They did Cinderella. Uh, Beauty and the Beast just came out. I th- man, I think it's Guy Ritchie who is directing Aladdin. Oh my really? God. I oh, I want to make sure that I'm not lying to you right now. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is Guy Ritchie who's directing Aladdin. Guy Ritchie of like yeah, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, yeah. Snatch, and the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. And the rumor is that Will Smith is in talks to be the genie. Based oh, man. my, they've sort of been trying to update the sort of morals and characterizations of of those stories as they do the live action adaptations of them. Like in the Beauty and the Beast movie, they tried to make it not be a story of Stockholm syndrome, where just like mm. you come to love your captor, they sort of tried to yeah. inject more agency. I wonder if this movie is going to get into addiction and manic depressive states and codependence yeah. and abusive relationships. Like yeah. probably won't get into that. I imagine Aladdin is going to continue to be a lovable scamp, but. 
if they actually keep all of those beats exactly the same, I wonder if it will play as well when it's an actual human being and not literally a two-dimensional character. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll find out. Yeah, I guess we will. It's going to be real bleak. Rated R. They should have gotten Sinbad. Nick. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, they shouldn't have. No. God, what a fucking coup. What a crazy <laughs> announcement that would have been. Oh, man. Sinbad as the genie in Aladdin. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. What a missed opportunity. I know. They, they, they fucked it. Disney loves genies, apparently. Yeah. They got that Sinbad movie. They've got uh, Kazam. They've got Aladdin. They yeah. have two other Aladdin movies. It's because kids just want to wish for stuff and get it. That's true. That is true. That is like also what blank check is. Oh yeah, like that's definitely just a thing. That's a theme. Home Alone. I wish I didn't have parents. I wish. Oh, that's true. He he does actually. He wishes for it. He wishes family disappears. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Oh, Big is also one of those. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Kids wanting cool shit, and then either just getting it and it's cool, or maybe it's not quite so. cool. Or learning why your family is actually great. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the movie would have been boring with his family. Right. Not leaving. He was not going to get that pizza yeah. to himself. That's true. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about? Do you guys want to talk about weird rat brains? Sure. <laughs> I'll always talk about a rat brain, Chris. I'll always, always, always space for a rat brain. This is a crazy email we got from Annie who writes, I'm loving the new podcast. I came across an interesting concept about memory augmentation you should know about. Lab rats are being given artificial brains that can remember for them. The rats were taught to press certain levers in order to get a reward. Uh, The scientists then drugged the rats to make them forget which levers they needed to press. However, when the scientists recorded the brain signals during the training to add to the rat's brain implant, the rat was able to remember the levers even after it was drugged. The implications of this are brain augmentation that would allow humans to overcome Alzheimer's using a computer chip, or it could give humans perfect memory recall. In fact, it's possible these augmentations could help every brain function and not just memory. Add to that thought the incredible advances in artificial limbs, and it makes you wonder, will future robots evolve from metal or will they evolve from flesh? Maybe your robot's wearing human skin actually grew that skin to begin with. Which type of robot would you prefer to usurp society? (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Annie. And this is a popular science article. I, I read this article and there was sort of an incredible moment in it that I wanted to read verbatim, which is the team made an artificial hippocampus, which could duplicate the normal neural signals. They turned it on and replayed the previously recorded signal, like a recorded message from the brain. The rats remembered, quote, flip the switch on and the rats remember, flip it off and the rats forget, the researcher said. <laughs> that is fucked up. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. The thing that is like went totally unremarked on in here apparently is that we just have the ability to make your memory not work. I don't know. Yeah, like, as part of the experiment, they used a drug that makes a rat forget the switch that they flipped. And apparently what that the, apparently there's a, a the drug will block the ability for the short short-term memory to yeah. transfer to long-term memory, mm. yeah. which is uh, chemically the opposite of what the the electronic brain here is doing, which is it it captures a copy uh, functionally of the firings from short term to long term and then stores that pattern off in memory and they can re-inject basically a short term memory recall of an event that happened. Yeah, so if they suppress that connection, the rats remember the switch for like five to ten seconds mm. and then it leaves their short term memory and they don't remember it anymore. That's so 
crazy to me. Yeah. That that's just a thing we can do to a, like a creature, like a living yeah. intelligent creature. Yeah, it's crazy. Holy that, that shit. It sounds like the way that it works basically is it can, by re-injecting the memory into the brain, it's functionally the rat going, oh, I remember that switch that I just flipped. Like, oh, I yeah. remember that switch that yeah. I flipped. Like, just the, the like, yeah. I've done that very recently. It's fresh in my mind. Can just be, like, pumped back into its brain whenever they need it to flip a switch. Yeah. Yeah, or just, like, gas it, and then it forgets yeah. that that happened. God, just imagine. How do we know this hasn't been happening to us? <laughs> or to someone. I mean, the article then ends by saying the their next plan is to try this on monkey brains, which is so crazy to me. Yeah, I... They before they published this article, they like injected something into the air supply that made us forget that their previous test was on human was brains. On human brains, right. <laughs> yeah. The level of control that that could potentially give you over any living thing is oh, yeah. is crazy to me. And the way that it works sounds fake. The like we record. They they can't implant memories that don't exist. I don't think they have to record. What would Your happen, brain's yeah. version of an event happening, and then they can make you recall. What would that happen knowledge. if they implanted someone else's memory into your brain? It's Inception, like that is literally yeah. Inception, right? It's yeah. just like an artificial thought that is then put into your brain. I don't know. We'll find out when they make two monkeys. Uh, I think both think they what? No, 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 no. Movie Inception. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened to Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, for a previous episode, I believe, I did some research that we never ended up using, but there was a mm. rat uh, experiment that was done just like this, where they, they actually managed to, I think... Oh, you're right. They yeah. gave the memories they didn't previously have. Yeah. I think it was done like through biology and not using a microchip, but I, either way, they were, they were able to successfully implant the memory of a rat... That had um, never, that had never seen like the thing. Yeah. yeah, never experienced like a food dropping in front of its face and knowing that like mm-hmm. X or whatever, you know. But huh. yeah, they've they've managed to do that. No, you're right. We have control, we did talk yeah. about that. It was either on this or it was on Idle Thumbs. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, you're totally right. We've talked about that. What a terrible world. <laughs> yeah. How is uh, man? I can't not be completely fascinated by this. Like, yeah, it is. It is totally terrifying, and the idea that like it seems so fake that it's mm. like that it's just. Like it, it seems too tidy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's that it, it makes me because I have a chip in my brain that is telling me to feel this way, involuntarily <laughs> excited about it, like just universally. Oh, that's a parasite that's making you excited about it. Uh, right. It's both. God, it's like the idea that that people have figured out this much control over things firing inside of a brain is just genuinely exciting, but then yeah, Man, do I love Coca-Cola and the taste of it in my mouth. And like, <laughs> uh, whether it's a hot or a cold day out, I know what it feels like to be refreshed by it. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't pay this much. Wait, Jake, I've never seen you drink Coca-Cola in your entire life. I love it. I love it. And also, my PG&E bill is overdue, which might be why I love Coca-Cola so much right now. <laughs> um, what? I think that my emotions have been <clears throat> sold out uh, because I'm not paying some yeah. service that has now Your emotions agreed to- have gone into receivership. Yeah, I'm ad subsidized <laughs> now, you guys. Uh, all of my likes and my just personal taste. That's fine, though. I still have all of my memories, which aren't being taken away in exchange for not being able to pay. I just really, really want a butterfinger. You just finger. got some new fun, fun ones. <laughs> yeah. God, that is you've you've proposed a terrifying, terrifying concept here. 
That's, I, that's I how really... anything else works that goes into the cloud. You either pay for yeah. it or you get bombarded with advertisements. So if you start offloading your own personal memories, I imagine the exchange is going to be, God, I really do want to see Terminator 6. <laughs> God, you, man, did you guys know there's a new Alien movie coming out? Uh, yeah. I really want to see Terminator it. Speaking of Terminator 6, <laughs> <laughs> I literally did not know that there was a new Alien movie mm. until I saw a, like. I suddenly yesterday I was just in the like subway station and I there were just ads for it on every surface on every wall and I literally had no idea that was even happening and the weird thing the thing that struck me as weird was that the tagline for the film appears to just be the word scream <laughs> So it just That's, says alien scream? No, it just at the top of the poster it says scream. And then at I've, the bottom of the poster Oh, that's an ad for the new movie Scream. Al- yeah, right. And then at the bottom of the poster it says alien whatever covenant. Okay. I've seen the hide version of this. Wait, what? Really? Yes. That's oh, so much more boring. I'm so bummed that that's actually like I I actually would, just saw part of like okay. an attempted viral campaign of <laughs> It's saying scream actually makes perfect sense and I think is like you can backfill where that marketing conversation came from because the slogan for alien is in space no one can hear you scream. Yes. Like that's the uh, that's the tagline. Right. Um, I thought you were proposing that the movie's title was Alien Scream, which I re- <laughs> which I was so so psyched about for a second. Which obviously it's not called that; it's called Alien Covenant. But the idea of the movie being called Alien Scream, like implying maybe we've never heard what the alien scream sounds like, because it was always in space right, or like right, right. you know what you know. Uh, <laughs> God, Alien Scream. Also, Alien Scream is either a shareware game or a fucking sick album that you liked in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, Alien it's Scream. Uh, or it's a yeah, yeah. It's like. When you and your friends thought you could be KMFDM, you were Alien Scream. <laughs> when you, you know, listened to... In a world in which the film Alien didn't exist, that could be a crazy, like, grindhouse horror sci-fi mm. movie. Or in mm. a world where it does exist. That's true. Get, <laughs> yeah. Or it could be the next film from Ridley Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, the thing that was, like, insane... like ba- I was basically walking through the the train station and just seeing, like... I, I thought it was gonna. Be, I thought I was gonna see. You know, to, Nick, to your point about there being one that's hide. I thought I was gonna start seeing other words because it was such a weird. Yeah. It was such a weird experience, and I just every single one in the whole station just said scream. And as I was walking along, they got weirder and more abstract. Like the first one I saw was like an actual alien face, and it said scream. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. And then the next one I saw. I mean, I saw probably like four of those in a row. And then the next like chunk I saw was just the alien egg. And it said scream. And I was like, that's not really as affected. Like, I, I guess it's like, oh, this will become a scary alien. Then you scream. Because it's, it's because no one can hear it. I want. Well, hold on. And okay. Then, okay. And, well, no, no, no. What? Then. So th- I see that. And I'm like, that's I don't. It's not working on me like at a visceral level. And then I then the next one I saw was just an actual just person screaming just a human face screaming were they like dressed says, as a space marine or was it just no, like it was no, like just was a guy like just, just a, in a hu- collared shirt just a human <laughs> human face screaming in like sort of low light horror movie thing okay and then it said scream and it literally looked like it could have been a movie poster for scream okay the egg thing maybe a little too subtle this one maybe a little too on the nose that's literally just a guy screaming the screaming guy is really getting into actually what i was about to try to get into a second ago which is the imagined sort of amazing sterling cooper really elaborately conceived advertising 
uh, campaign for a new Alien movie that for some reason is called Alien Scream, where the trailer would just be silent f- f- video footage or film footage of people just screaming. Oh, man. Like, just mouth open and it cuts to like 15 of those and then they you get the sound and they're all cheering because there's a new alien movie <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah man the silent scream though that's a pretty good trailer yeah that's a pretty good trailer that might have already been an alien trailer the problem is now it would have that stupid tinkly piano on top of it oh every time it cuts mm-hmm. to someone you just see the ding there's yeah no noise yeah. but just uh, like anguished face yelling to the heavens yeah. yeah and then it plays the theme song to alien well, i don't even is that even no i mean is. maybe it does or the triplet shot would be like cutting to you increasingly baffled by uh, increasingly insane uh muni station advertisements that ends <laughs> then on the guy screaming again right, and right, then it right, says right, the right. alien scream mm-hmm. that's a good name <laughs> and i mean if they need a trailer made they know who to talk to not us. If they did talk to us, and the trailer was you in the muni station looking uh, re- increasingly baffled and annoyed at these posters, it would end with a reporter saying, what do you think about this campaign? And you just go, <laughs> I just really think it was way too obvious to have the screaming guy. Sorry, what was I talking about? 2024. Hashtag the alien scream for 2024. 420, 2020, 420, 2020. All right, let's take a break. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Zipcar. Zipcar is the largest car sharing service around, and you can get $25 in free driving credit by going to joinzipcar.com slash thumbs. Nice. It is nice. Yeah, Zipcar is cool. You just you can reserve a car for blocks of time, I think starting at like an hour or so and going up to multiple days. Uh, it's just a really easy way to get access to a car if you don't have one because you live somewhere where cars are difficult or if you do have one but you need a different kind of car for you know to tote bigger things or, or like if you, you. want to look cool for a couple hours that's true if you've got a hot date and you want a and you've really, got a like, dumpy ass car yeah you're like i want a nice clean car i don't know if that's like the primary purpose of zip car but they're not going to stop you no they don't care what you who you take with you in your car uh, and if you go to joinzipcar.com slash thumb, I mean, they pr- probably if you're like kidnapping someone, they would care. They would care. But if you don't get caught. Chris, this is like, this is not good. Okay. Uh, only do legal things with your zip car. And if you go to joinzipcar.com slash thumbs, you can get $25 in free driving credit towards legal purposes only. Zipcar, the perfect crime. <laughs> no, I mean, it's good. I mean, the perfect car. What? I don't know where that came from. Uh, what? Join zipcar.com slash thumbs. Zipcar. Perfect for a body. Drug smuggling. <laughs> Set the zipcar on fire and walk away. <laughs> Just make sure you've booked it for a really long time. Zipcar. Leave a gun in it. <laughs> Take the seat home. <laughs> Do you have a car that's the same make as a zip car, but it's missing its muffler? (laughs) No, I don't know. (laughs) Rent four Priuses and use them to build one Prius. (laughs) If you nickel and dime from enough zip car Priuses, you could have your own with time. For a fraction of the cost of a new Prius. This episode of Important If True is also brought to you by you, maybe. 
we offer shout-outs on our shows, including well, some of our shows, including this one, both commercial and personal shout-outs. If you want to congratulate or berate a friend, family member, acquaintance, or enemy on this very show, you can do that by going to store.idlethumbs.net and uh, clicking on the shout-outs thing. It's a button. Just call it's it a, a button. button. I guess it's a button. Click that button. Click that button. Shout uh, out. You can fill out what it is you want us to say or who you want us to address, and then we'll do it on this show. And if you have any uh, requests about sort of what week you want that to happen, you can put that in there. Uh, if you're interested, go to store.idlethumbs.net to find out more. Hi. We are back. Yeah. And I believe we have a follow-up email. I don't actually know what this is. Mm. So, Nick, you're going to read it. I am. So I believe the, it's, so it's, the surprise mm-hmm. is preserved it's, for me. We're, we're delving into the Dempster family. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Creators of so the this Dempster is follow, Dumpster. This is a follow-up follow to, to the, the Dempster Dumpster Was that Dumpster last week that we saga. talked about Dempster uh, Dumpsters? Two weeks ago? Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. The Dumpster was created by brothers named Dempster. Yeah, so this is, in fact, a yes. Dempster dive. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> what it is! <laughs> that is no, you're right. You're not wrong. Andrew writes, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, My father worked part-time at a Dempster Brothers plant oh, wow. in Cookville, Tennessee, while he was in college. Nice. He still has some old promotional pamphlets, which I loved to look at when I was a kid, so I have a few clarifications. Mm. Dump Master is the garbage truck specifically. They had a model called the Royal... Oh man, the royal dump master! As a child, I always thought the idea of a royal dump master was hilarious. <laughs> it is. As an adult, I think that <laughs> dumpster isn't a contraction of dump master, but just a play on the Dempster's name. Well, sure. They had the kind of weird idea that they wanted all of their products' names to start with the D and end with the R. Uh, they huh. were so dedicated to the idea that when they had to come up with a name for a flatbed, tall roll-off dumpsters, the long ones like on a construction site, uh-huh. they called it the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. In yeah. addition to a child thinking that royal dump master is funny, <laughs> did they also employ a child? Yeah. Think about like what's what's a word that's really cool and starts with D and ends with R? Dinosaur. Yeah. The Dempster disaster. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I. I, I oh I, my god. <laughs> yeah. Dempster dinosaur. Yeah. The Dempster dinosaur dumpster. That's actually a kid would find that sad probably. Just Dem- a, a dumpster dumps- the dinosaur dumpster? Well, no. Well, the dumpster dinosaur dumpster in which, what is it, just a, a dumpster for dead dinosaurs? Mm. That's what I would have, that's how I would interpret oh, that. I thought that oh, it was like, no, was their like- mascot is the dumpster dinosaur, and everyone goes, that's the dumpster dinosaur, then it says, please, I am the royal dump master. <laughs> <laughs> there is like an implied dumpster McDonald land universe that's starting to show up with the royal dump master and the dumpster dinosaur and stuff like. <laughs> that's true. Like yeah. they, and the dumpster disaster, I guess. I don't yeah. know what other, what other, there's a dumpster I mean, destroyer. Oh, Destroyer. Mm, That's yeah. pretty good, yeah. God, the, you can't have a product called the Royal Dump Master and then also have one called the Destroyer, or it all <laughs> sounds bowel-related and it's not good. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Uh, if I was a kid and I showed up because I heard that a, a dinosaur was going to be present and it was just a pile of garbage, I it would probably like be It was just like a barge-style dumpster. Do you think yeah. Do you think there's ever... like? I mean, this would have predated probably the age of smartphones. So we don't have the video of the little girl who goes up 
to the dumpster dinosaur and hugs it. Oh, I love that. Kid. I love you, dinosaur. Oh, I love. I love garbage. <laughs> and again, you still do. <laughs> I do. What does I, that mean? I loved you it. loved garbage. Oh, I wanted to be a garbage man when I grew up. I just I loved garbage and, you and are. trucks. When you learned how to read and, and you saw trucks. that it had a big sign on every single dumpster, dump master, and dinosaur that said "Do not play on or around," did you like? Sh- did a little tear shed when you're like, "Oh, it's work." Come to think of it, I love dinosaurs too. Hmm. Every kid loves hmm. dinosaurs, but you loved See? dinosaurs and dumpster, the dumpster dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Oh, hold on. What did you mean? You loved garbage? Well, I just loved. Like garbage. I love garbage day. My dad would go around. We'd, we'd collect the garbage wow. together and like yeah. take it out. Yeah. And then we'd wait for the garbage man uh-huh. who just seemed like a cool did guy. You know your, <laughs> did you know he your did. garbage man? Nah, probably. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Yeah. But I just liked waiting for the big. It was like a big. It's a cool machine. It, it crushes is cool. Things. I guess, you know, I probably did too. Like the garbage man got to ride on the back of the garbage truck. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's just yeah. hanging out back there. Hanging out. He yeah. seemed like a really cool guy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I figured, you know, hanging out in the outdoors next to a bunch of garbage all day. What could be worse than that? Or what could be, I mean, what could be better than that? <laughs> you probably got like a decent union job. Back then, it was probably a solid. That was probably a solid work. job, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be a garbage man. <laughs> That's fair enough. I might have I failed. I might have looked up. You only failed in one sense. <laughs> I went to a Scrabble word finding site and definitely got a list of every word that starts with D and ends with R. Uh-huh. Most of them definitely just end with er, which is totally cheating. Right. But you know, you could have the dumpster discriminator. I mean, dumpster, <laughs> dumpster discriminator. The dumpster dog catcher. Jesus. The dumpster darkener or diminisher. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the Dempster Diminisher. And uh, the Dempster Defacer. These tracks. The Dempster Dowager. The Dempster Dowager. A Dowager is what? A, I can't, I should know. It's a know. woman who like has mm. an inheritance from a dead husband? Mm. I wonder if Dumpster has ever had to put ads in trade magazines asking to not call it a Dumpster because it will be genericized. Right, yeah. Um do you guys remember when, uh, actually, like right in this neighborhood in San Francisco for years, the country of France had a billboard that might have been when you lived in this neighborhood, <clears> Nick, <throat> that said, if it's not from Champagne, it's not Champagne. Hmm. And they just had that billboard in the middle of like downtown San Francisco. Hmm. And it seemed like a really weird way to get that message out. Uh, but I guess they were probably just aiming for a high frequency <clears throat> freeway. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. 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 I remember I used to. Also, we're near Sonoma and Napa. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. It's probably where people stay before going to the wine country for the weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, when I used to work at newspapers and we had sort of like the trade magazines there in one of the big ones that was read by, I guess, nationwide newspaper publishers, the front page ad or like you'd open the cover and the double page spread inside the cover was always a two page ad from Xerox. that was just like if you're a copy editor who opens this <laughs> and it would have like uh a torn open container of of aspirin of you know of not actually aspirin or of like you know a, or Kleenex it would have like a tissue box right. and it was like we are actually a company do not let your writers say Xerox when they mean photocopied it was literally like they bought <laughs> they bought that's hilarious the opening front two pages of a magazine they knew would just be in front of editors <laughs> and copy editors for years huh. and it was just like don't fuck us yeah love Xerox <laughs> that's smart yeah yeah but I wonder if like I don't know where Demp- Dempster wouldn't care. I guess I don't know that they refer exist to it anymore. as the Royal Dumpmaster <laughs> brand giant garbage truck, <laughs> but only if it is one. But yeah, 
Uh, please don't refer to roll-off containers as royal dump masters. Uh, please don't. Uh, we're really worried about the genericization did I of refer, our brand did name I refer royal to, dump master. Did I refer to wide construction trash barges as dinosaurs? <laughs> Unless it is, in fact, a dumpster dinosaur dump master dumpster. <laughs> dinosaur. Dinosaur. Disaster. Shall we do one more Reader mail and, yes. and endorsements. Yes. All right. Yes. Frazier writes. Hi, Frazier. Hey, th- <laughs> I don't know what Jake's doing. Hey, Thumbs. My favorite thing at primary school was creative writing, which we did once a week, age nine and ten. I was pretty good at it, but when I couldn't come up with an original story, I would plagiarize it from the canon of my favorite game, Banjo-Kazooie. My teacher had no idea what it was and thought that I alone had come up with a crazy universe involving a talking bear and a bird who ran around hunting giant golden jigsaw pieces with the help of a weird shaman skeleton dude named Mumbo Jumbo. Creative writing was my best subject, and I received the weekly star writer sticker a few times. I'm now in the final year of my PhD, and I like to think that the reams of Banjo fanfic I wrote at age 10 are partially responsible. Obviously, I was so obsessed with Banjo that it bled into my work. Did anything like this happen to you guys as kids, or broadly, has there been a time when you were so deeply involved with a work that it influenced unrelated aspects of your life in unexpected ways? Cheers, Fraser. Or Fraser. I don't know if I... I have to think about an example of the latter, of my work being subconsciously influenced, but I remember... Uh, my little brother, we we like cleaned out my parents' attic at one point in our lives, and we found a like six page storybook called "The Adventures of Tom," and it was about how he had found this. Uh, it was about just an explorer named Tom who was really generic, and my brother drew like really bad stick figure pictures. But um, the only thing that was really specific was the artifact that this explorer had found was an immaculately carved jackal statue, and we could not remember where the fuck it came from until. The Adventures of Young... Where the idea came from? Yes, like why would my brother decide that it was a jackal statue? Uh, And then The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones came out on DVD Ah. and the two-part pilot episode, which spans two generations of, of... Or two eras of the life of young Indiana Jones focused entirely on the discovery ah. of this jackal and I remember Nick being so proud of that story as a little kid and we had all forgotten where it was from <laughs> right. and then the two of us went oh you just totally straight ripped off Indiana <laughs> Jones for this oh man so that's pretty good yeah. yeah I when I was in elementary school I feel like this basically not quite not exactly this I, I, I feel like I basically bullshitted my way through all of school until college with basically an even with even lower rent versions of this. Like I feel like I was basically a swindler until I got to college and that actually had to like be accountable for the work I did. Um at least when it came to like any creative Like what's an example of this? Well so I just remember in elementary school, I remember I somehow I don't really I just copied what my friends wrote next to me. <laughs> like I don't remember how I did this, but I, I, I we had a creative writing sort of um like unit and I don't think I ever actually wrote anything for it but I somehow managed to like talk the teacher into thinking that I had some like incredible plan for what I was writing I remember that I What so you got into like a confidence scheme with them yeah, or something Yeah I did <laughs> I like I remember it really vividly like down to the really the specifics of how I like had sort of evidence that I was working on it like I I remember I was like oh this 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 one is going to be like a really impressive 
It's going to be like a siege of a castle, like a fantasy castle, like a medieval castle. God. I was really into castles at the time, and I had a, one of those cutaway books. Did you ca- ever have to deliver? Because in the film version of this, which is like basically one of those 90s kids movies we were talking about earlier, meets the story of the music man. You would have to deliver at the end. There'd be some payoff, but you probably just got escaped to college. I remember having like the loose leaf paper, right? And then I wrote like it, I was. I thought it was going to be so cool if it started uh, sort of in media's res, where it starts with the word attack. I remember that it was like attack, and that was going to be like in quotes was like the the very first word of the whole story, right? And it was going to be like super intense. Uh, because it opens in the middle of this crazy action. And I remember I wrote attack on the page and I wrote the A really big and I basically just turned it into like an illuminated manuscript where I just, I, I was like, I don't actually have any ideas for what happens after the word attack. So I just got increasingly like obsessed with ornamenting the A and like drawing frames <laughs> around it and like gilding it in all sorts of ways. And I would like show it to my teacher and I'd be like, this is going to be amazing. Like this is... Look how cool this is going to be. God. And for some reason, she like went in for it. She's like, oh, wow. Like, you're really, you're really like taking a idea guy, huckster. I know. Total idea wow. guy, piece of shit. Uh, and I don't, I definitely did not write ever a single other word of that, but it was fine. Yeah. I was, I was basically just full of shit in, uh, <laughs> in elementary school. As were we all. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Nick, I, I believe you also had something for <clears throat> oh yeah i was completely full of shit uh yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well that i could have guessed yeah um and uh but I, we probably don't have time on this episode but maybe next episode all right next can, episode can, evidence can, of nick's shit yeah nick brecken yeah also well documented elementary school huckster yeah. all right uh well in the meantime shall we endorse let's do it all right uh nick what do you let's get get yours over with <clears> while you can still speak I'm going to endorse mm-hmm. uh, Equator Coffee. Oh. Um, wow, you're which, a fucking artisanal bro this week. Well, I guess so, right? Yeah, this is a little uh, yeah, a little upscale, I suppose. But <laughs> You suppose? Well, what, is it? I don't know. I would like to endorse a juice machine. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, no, no. Endor- endorse your coffee. I mean, I don't well, buy well, Equator every day. <laughs> but when I do... It's Equator Coffee. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look, okay, so Equator Coffee is, um, it's local to here, it's in San Rafael, um, and they make coffee for all kinds of restaurants, so like these upscale places, but they also just make coffee that's just regular blends of coffee, um, and you can buy sort of like two, like huge two-pound bags of it that make it not cheap, but fairly, you know, fair, fairly priced. Um, sure. and, uh, it's delicious coffee. It is the best coffee I think that I've been able to find that is, um, reliably available and always, you know, I know exactly like you can get, you can get the French laundry blend, you can get whatever blend. They're all about basically the same price. Um, and it's just really good coffee and they ship it right to your door for free, free shipping. That's so, cool. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really good. And I enjoy it. Nice. Right. Equator coffee. Yeah. Um, I am going to endorse, uh, if you travel ever, I am going to endorse packing cubes. Oh man, yeah. I saw you, I saw you and Sean talking about packing cubes in the office. Oh yeah. yeah, they're great. This is one of those things that's like, it's such a simple idea. It seems almost pointless, but it's actually really helpful. So packing cubes are basically they weigh almost nothing. They're just little. Um, 
like vinyl. I don't know what the, whatever the material that like windbreakers are made out of that mm. sort of polyester kind of whatever it is. Um, often they have kind of a mesh <coughs> thing, and they're just little rectangular uh, prisms that zipper closed, and there are various sizes, and you put your clothes in those and then you put the packing cubes in your suitcase and this is especially helpful if you have a if your suitcase also is rectangular like a roller bag you know they will just fit in there really easily and they they're useful on two fronts one to sort of just organize your packing stuff it's nice when you arrive at your destination and you can just open like the underwear one and the shirts one and whatever and everything is just there you don't have just a big pile of stuff that's all combined and like sloshed around during travel that's a really nice thing and then even more usefully when you're coming home i always end up designating one as the dirty laundry one or two if you need it uh and it's so nice three or three when you get home to be able to just dump those right into your hamper and then have your clean stuff in another one But they also are good for maximizing space because when you pack all of your stuff into these individual packing cubes, each one of them you end up sort of compressing as much as you can. So you've so uh, you know when you put everything all into the suitcase all at once, like I find that that tends to end up being really inefficient and not uh, very thought out. These end up they just end up making you more thoughtful about space and efficiency and they're just really handy they're just i now always use them no matter what whenever i pack for travel which i will do in a matter of days uh and they're great packing cubes classic cubes all right i would like to endorse um oh jake me (sighs) what i would like okay this is a kind of stupidly specific thing so apologies in advance if this is dumb i would like to endorse seeking out and watching the british version of the Great British Baking oh, Show, ah. known in the UK as the Great British Bake Off. Um, if you're in America and you've watched that show and liked it, which a ton of people <laughs> seem to have done over the last couple of years, um, know that the British version of it actually has probably five to ten minutes an episode that they cut out of the American version that focuses on the history of whatever the theme of that episode is. Like, it's just... It's a nice baking show. It makes every other reality TV show or sort of cooking show seem really grating and oh, full yeah, of full really of does. mean people. Like the the Bake Off is just a fun show to watch, but the each each episode is themed like a lot of cooking shows are around something. Uh, and the the British one, these the history segments that they have in there, I find really good, and I think they actually add a lot of context, especially as someone who's not from England and doesn't know why they're making some of the weird stuff they make on that show. Some stuff is just exceedingly British on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other piece of the British series that they, I think, have started to reintroduce for some seasons in America is is a set of spin-off episodes at the end called The Masterclass, where the two hosts, uh, Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry, actually cook their versions of every single thing that was cooked or baked during the entire season of the show. And that part is f- fantastic because it actually explains how one could actually make any of these things. And also, if you watched that show as an American and wondered, are these two people full of shit? Are they just sort of Hollywood-style right. reality TV judge personalities who don't actually do this? They do it to a degree that just, like, shames everyone who exists <laughs> on the face of the earth. Like, it's it's a good watch. I think you... If you don't live in the UK, it's hard to get some of this stuff. You probably mm-hmm. have to. Like, Nick, I know you watched some of it by VPNing in to yeah. England. Yeah. Um, 
But if you liked the Great British Baking Show in America or wherever you saw it that was not the British version and you were hungry for more specifically of that aspect of sort of like either the story behind the story or more instructional content or whatever, they offer it. And I actually like it as much as or maybe at this point more than some of the main competition stuff. Man, that's awesome. I would love to see... Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood actually make yeah. stuff. There yeah. are also earlier seasons that just are not going to air in the U.S. That yeah, you can catch if you go yep. back. There's and a, there's a stuff, ton so. of there's a ton of Bake Off content that we just don't get here in the United States. Yep, uh, and it is a nice calming show to watch. I think the Masterclass really stuff is, is yeah. slowly making its way into like the PBS online streaming stuff, but. There's oh just, really? Okay, cool. There's like dozens of episodes just of been, that at this point, and I don't think we yeah. have most of them here. We just watch it on on Netflix. I, I it's really difficult to figure out like what corresponds to what. But we actually coincidentally have been just been watching whatever the third season on Netflix is, which I'm is probably like I don't know season six or something. I have yeah. no clue what that is in the original one. But we just by coincidence finished that up a couple days ago, and yeah, man, Great British Baking Show or Great British Bake Off, that is such a nice calming element yeah. to have oh it's so hel- it's like honestly helpful uh yep. at this point given how just stressful the world is it's great it's <laughs> so nice to just turn people on and like a thing. yeah compete but also be happy for each other when someone wins just like oh it's just so nice everyone's so nice on this show yep it's oh. it's frustrating though that in the american version of it anything sort of educational or, or historical was just removed from the show they yeah, left behind what is still a good show yeah but there's a bunch of other stuff that i that i recommend seeking out especially if you already like Mm-hmm. what you see in, yeah, in America. I will do that. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Important If True. We'll be back next week, which for us means in about two minutes when we keep recording another episode to have in the can before I go off on a trip with my packing cubes uh, like the old stupid man that I am. Uh, if you like this show, please <laughs> tell a friend and you can send us email at questions at importantiftrue.com. Send us uh, questions about whatever is on your mind, whatever's going on in your life that you need our perspectives on, um, anything weird you've been observing. We will take all of those emails and whatever else you can think of to questions at importantiftrue.com. Again, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week with stories of Nick Brecken's elementary school exploits for idle thumbs i'm chris remo i'm nick brecken if you like listening to this show and are interested (laughs) in hearing an ad-free version of it we uh have a patreon which directly supports us and the production of this show if you go to patreon.com slash idle thumbs and give uh five dollars a month you get a custom advertising free feed of important if true uh, if you back it more than that, you get a bunch of weird postcards that we send out once a month, which are slowly uh, revealing themselves to be an interactive mystery story, I guess. Uh, so hopefully people figure out what the hell that is. You too could figure out what the hell it is. Patreon.com slash Idle Thumbs. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Stay spicy. We can go home now. Nope, we have to do two more.